Welcome to the show. You can watch and subscribe to the Project FIA TV show on YouTube. Drop comments and questions to us on the podcast via Twitter. Our handle is Project FIA. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy. This is Project FIA Goes PC. Hi, everyone around the world. Uh, this is episode number 67 of FI Goes PC. Well, we try and stay as PC as we can, but we can't always guarantee it. Uh, but if you're a police constable, cool. <laughs> a lot of people don't have those in their nations, but we do. And so does our colonial commonwealth countries. Hi, colonial commonwealth countries. Hope you're all doing well. Uh, we don't really do a lot with you these days, but play Monopoly in certain ways. So anyway, it is 67. Glad we got here. It's a hell of a mountain to climb. It's also week number nine in the UK lockdown. Um, not a lot to report on that front, but we will talk about certain things around it. I think it's looking pretty good around Europe right now. People are starting to come out of their uh, fields of sheep and caves and dwellings of sorts. Which is nice to see. It's nice to see that you get you you, you know, you got to go and enjoy the sun for unlimited time. But we'll get to that point in a minute. Uh, yeah, Winifred's looking at me weird. She's here, our producer as always. Winifred, say hello. Hello. What are you doing? Are you abseiling down a grassy knoll? I'm here. Speaking of knolls, what? I didn't realize Beyonce's daughter was called Blue Ivy Knoll. Zzz, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't know if she took Jay-Z's surname when they got kind of married. So she's called Blue? Blue Ivy. It's a one name with a... Hyphen. No, you don't pronounce it. Dash. You could say that. Blue Dash Ivy. <laughs> uh, it's just strange. Because basically all these kids with peculiar names are growing up. Mm. Like, for example, Kurt Cobain, who was, you know, a bit of a legend when I was a wee little lad. Still is really a legend. Yeah. But a lot of people have forgotten his amazingness. Us. Uh, he showed you the way to Nirvana. He was enlightened. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, but basically, he called his daughter Frances Bean because in the sonograph, she looked like a bean. Mm. You see? Yeah. But then she grew up. So yeah. she's now a beanstalk. <laughs> right? So she should be Frances Beanstalk. Is she skinny? Uh, I haven't really done a measurement. <laughs> you know, like when people say, like, is that celebrity a lot? short or bigger in real life than mm. it is on screen i don't go around with a measuring stick so i couldn't really tell you um when i have met a few celebrities they do look different from like the 20 foot they usually occupy on a cinema imax screener mm. yeah you can expect that and they're also more than a torso walking around mostly you do have a lot of standing shots these days they are uh assembled oh what happened there what happened there was uh Oh, you dropped the, the leaning tower of pizza. You dropped the equipment I told you not to put in yeah. that location. I'm going to tell the audience that we live in a field and uh, the sheep are all in bed now. So they're all quiet. Science of lambs, as I call it. But basically, uh, we have uh, very little to occupy ourselves with in a field, as you can imagine. Mostly grass. There's a fence, a couple of trees. Uh, every so often, there is a ice cream truck that drives past that's how we get these podcasts to you because we hack into their wi-fi a lot of people have heard me saying this for a while now but i'm just telling you if you're a new listener this is our current setup in the coronavirus situation welcome to the crazy well welcome to uh us doing this right 
you know, like we're, we're doing this right. Do you know what's really interesting on that topic? Lockdown. Mm. The only people not being locked down at the moment are prisoners that are allowed to leave jail because they've got COVID-19. <laughs> so for them, it's the reverse logic. So they're allowed out. Yeah. I mean, within restriction, they can't go out and abseil or they don't go out and make pizzas in a pizza restaurant, but they're allowed out of prison. So that's funny. Mm. So yeah, we're locked down, but they're not locked down. Mm. They should be locked down and we shouldn't be. Hmm. So it's a topsy-turvy world. But we live in a field and we've just been admiring all of this craziness around the world from our little field, getting the odd news input. Like, well, we have different things. We have farmers basically yelling in one direction, headlines of their particular personal issues like, oh, you know, couldn't get the uh, wheat to the shops today because of uh, an embargo infringement. I mean, farmers have come on leaps and bounds because they used to just sort of like make guttural sounds, but now they speak like humans. It's quite amazing. And people doubt evolution. Well, you can see it in the farmers. No. So, yeah, 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 no. yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got combine harvesters. Do you know why they're called combine harvesters? This is a fact. Why not you. combine harvesters? Because then you'd have to fuse two harvesters together. But it's the same word, isn't it? It's combined with a D at the Is end. there a D? Mm -hmm. mm. There is for my story. Okay. Yeah. But it combines harvest with cereal. So what it does is it cuts the crops down and makes it into like cornflakes. No, so it, it shoots cornflakes out. And then you get people picking up the cornflakes behind well, What them. does it really do? What, what, what you do is, right, you got this massive tractor. Okay. And there's a lot of people who listen to us that are in the farms of Tennessee because uh, I just invented that. And they basically have these things. They're massive in America, as you can understand, because their fields are bigger because there's more land. Mm -hmm. And it's basically giving nature a haircut, right? But we just eat the hair. That's basically how I look at it. <laughs> okay. And so what it is, is one thing, it cuts it all down. Then it sends it all through like a kind of collector. And that collector shoots it out as cornflakes. And then basically people run around and gather up the cornflakes and they put it into like plastic bags seal it by like licking it you know like when you do an envelope and then basically you seal the bag and then sell it in boxes that's how it's done yeah the Kellogg's combine harvester that's what it's called the full name okay so we see that a lot uh it, it's funny because we don't actually have anyone growing wheat near us so we don't see that a lot that was a real big lie but the rest of it's all true anyway so we live in a field there's there's sheepies they've gone to sleep now so you can't hear them you can never really hear them because we don't mic them up. That would be very distracting if we did. But they're there. So we've been living this whole thing with a very different perspective. And that's why we're saying it's week nine in the UK. Uh, it's week nine in the UK. A lot of people watch the news and listen to the news quite frequently. I only do it every time the ice cream truck's passed. So what I can say from the surface, if you're listening around the world and you're thinking, how does your situation add up to our situation, right? Well, it's got a different accent. For the best part. You have a different accent. I have a different accent mm -hmm. for, the, for every second. <laughs> uh, I've, I'm like, I've got a very bizarre cross accent appeal. No where, one knows where you're no, from. No, it's funny. I am, I am literally a human being from the UK that has every accent in the world. So people think I'm from where they're from, which is quite weird. It's quite mixed. It is. Yeah, it is strange. I've had Japanese people at airports, old ladies come up to me and ask directions they pass me notes. It's quite nice. 
you get given a note by a grandmother. But I was standing next to my friend who's from Tokyo at the time and she didn't even approach him. So I'm, I'm <laughs> either more of an authority in LA or more friendly than her brethren. Just a quote from my Jamaican buddies out there. Brethren. So anyway, uh, loads of crazy stuff because I wanted to sort of go on to perspective because in this time, it's now week nine. And I just thought it would be quite nice to give you an alternative perspective of what I would call the news, such as in this time, you have a lot of reflection. Most people use that reflection to start panicking, worrying about money. Where's it going to come from? Do I have to start running across and chasing rainbows and digging up pots of gold? That's why it's become the symbol of this situation. The rainbow It's because that's the only chance you're going to get money is if you find the no. end of one and dig up pot of gold. Yeah, it's very difficult if you paint that and it ends up at someone's house because then you rob the house, don't you? Because that's the part of gold. So if you had like an artificially made rainbow where it ends on either side, you'd rob the houses. That's what I think. Is that what you're promoting? No, no, I'm, I, I'd say don't do that. You'd be very disappointed. Not many pots of gold in the world. Uh, you'd have to ask a leprechaun about it, but yeah. So it's also a high investment state. Like there's a lot of interest you have to pay back if you steal a pot of gold. You're allowed to steal it, but then the leprechauns turn up and they want their money back. Yeah, they're and like it's the high mafia. interest. They, they this, <laughs> the Irish mafia. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. To be sure, just to say it. I'm just figuring how many Irish stereotypes can I put into a sentence? Quite a lot. You have to say it with an Irish accent. No, right? don't want to do that. Don't want to offend anyone. Uh, Irish <laughs> or I don't want them to think that I'm Irish because they will mm. I'm that convincing with my one singular accent that everyone thinks is worldwide mm. it's interesting yeah but anyway just going on the news that I see the perspective things like that things like we should be worried about house robbery because if they think that the rainbow ends at a house and there's a pot of gold because people are going crazy they're worried about their finances mm -hmm. they're uh, they're not sure if they'll ever work again or will want to ever work again that's a big thing I know Europe is very much more chilled out, relaxed. I feel like the Europeans are dealing with this in, in a way better. They moaned at the right times, complained, protested at the right times. There is a lot of internal political um, sort of failings on record right now. One of the biggest ones, Rome, where it's come to light now, uh, the Sistine Chapel. Uh, you know, the wonderful Michelangelo... Uh, almost, uh, what would you say it is? Like the, the paintings that he's done on the roof. Like yeah. basically it's explaining some of the Bible, biblical stories and narrative. They recently discovered that was the original. He was the original Banksy. Like basically, I'll set it up for you. Okay, right. so this is what scientists have proven. Uh, because you know, scientists are very good at proving everything right now. Uh, they've proven that way back when in the Vatican, when that was a request, they asked this guy, Michelangelo. He was basically the local painter decorator of the area. Oh, I just asked Mikey, he'll do it for you. He was a Jersey boy. So, hey, this is Mikey. Hey, go Mikey. Hey. <laughs> and he, he'd do it for you, right? Okay. So Mikey would turn up in his little van, you know, that they had in, uh, I don't know, 150 BC or whenever it was. And he'd turn up in his little van. It was a horse-drawn van. So the van was painted by horses. It looked very weird. That's how they did it. They horse drew a lot of stuff back then. So basically the van turns up with horses that had painted it. He steps out of his little equipment and they, uh, the Pope at the time, or Pappy, Pappy Popey, or whatever you want to call him, 
that's the Australian word, Pappy Popey. No. <laughs> even sounds Australian, we say it, Pappy Popey. So when they asked him to come out, right, so he comes out and he's, uh, he's there and they're like, right, so what it is, clearly, I've got to do my missionary work. Um, I'm on a secret missionary uh, mission. <laughs> and I can't tell you where it is, Shh, but it's somewhere around the world. Uh, usually how we determine it is we just roll a dice, stick a blindfold on, whatever the number is, I put a pin in it. There you go. Uh, so I'm going there, which uh, I might be away for three weeks. I might be away for a couple of years. Who knows? Uh, but what I want you to do, because we've just had this nice chapel been built. It's very Sistine. Sist, 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 is it Sistine? Is that what it's called? It's very clean and Sistine. And uh, what I want you to do is I want you to look at the sky and imagine just white. Because it's got to be heavenly, right? And right now it's a lot of brickwork and stonework. And we want to kind of give this kind of like purity thing. Michelangelo's like, yeah, sure, right, whatever. So off that guy goes, and he's unassuming Michelangelo, unassuming. Little did the Pope know, or Pappy Popey, know that at that point, Michelangelo was Italy's Banksy. So he put on the New Jersey accent, and obviously that hadn't been discovered yet, but he'd put that on. And basically, like, you know, everyone's like, oh, it's just Mikey, he'll do your painting. He'll pick <laughs> your kids up if you pay him enough. You know, odd jobs Mikey, right? So off he goes, and he's, he paints this insane graffiti work basically and so when the when Pappy Popey came back he was livid and Michelangelo had to as we all know live in a sewer and became a turtle over time <laughs> and perpetually a teenager so what you've got is things like that that have been discovered right now by scientists because the science said so so that all no no no, no it's very real they also <laughs> discovered that the pyramids were actually a housing development the Egyptians were trying to create like a project all right, right, what the U.S. my buddies and my brothers and sisters in the U.S. called projects. Right, it was a project. It was a very large project, last a hundred <laughs> and something years as yeah. a project. But basically, they discovered it was it wasn't finished because funding was pulled at the end. So they did try a couple of things to raise more capital. Again, this is all according to the brains, the scientists, and the architects, and the uh, the Egyptian historians uh, that know all of this stuff. Well, I don't know why I said architects. I guess they took notes and built something very similar in Las Vegas, but that's about <laughs> where that draws a parallel. Um, the historians and the archaeologists is what I meant to say. They're scientists, archaeologists. No one really cares about them, but they are. They're uh, the ones that are knowledgeable about archies, or archies, <laughs> if you will. And so basically, <laughs> they were looking at it and they were like, wow, these projects, man, these are like, they could have been something fantastic. They could have actually had building here. But it was just a shelf, so the funding was poured, right? And so what they've discovered is that because it was a project, so a lot of ruffians lived around there. And they started graffitiing the hell out of the inside, right? And this was at a time they were trying, the government was trying to raise the funds, the government of Egypt. Uh, and what they were doing is they had this show. And it was basically like, you know, in the same vein as a, a, a kind of talent show, right? But it was called Pimp My Sarcophagus. <laughs> Okay. And it was, it was, yeah. And it was on a show called Ex Pharaoh. Ex Pharaoh. Right? So the Pharaoh just died. And uh, competition, you had like this guy like Gokwan, you know him? Yeah. In England. He's a, a kind of fashion. He's very lucky to be a celebrity. That's all I'm going to say about Gokwan. Yeah. He's a celebrity that's very lucky to be a celebrity because he, well, if you've seen him for more than 10 episodes, you'll understand what I'm Stylist saying. Stylist of sorts. Sort of. So basically, no offense to Gokwan, but. 
whatever. So all I'm saying is, if you're in America, well, what would you say? Like, he's your Simon Cow, right? So Tutankhamun dies. Simon Cow takes over this project. The Egyptian Simon Cow, who wasn't called Simon Cow. He had an unpronounceable name, a very long one. Anyway, so he's doing his thing, and he's basically like, we've got to raise money to finish all these things because they're only like half-finished projects. Can't have a half-finished project. You've got to have a whole-finished project. Why do I even call them projects? I'm not sure. America does this. So what it is is they did Pimp My Sarcophagus, right, on Pharaoh TV, and they also did the uh, Ex-Pharaoh series. So the Ex-Pharaoh, you had to vote for the Pharaoh that you wanted to be in the sarcophagus. And then they'd pimp it up, like make it all gold and stuff like this. And basically, because the funding didn't work out, because they couldn't get people into these pyramid scheme, uh, they just had buildings that weren't that did nothing. So they ended up putting the pharaohs in there all. And when they came back to the pyramids with the sarcophagus that was pimped, most famous one was Tutankhamun, uh, which sounds like a lane in Wimbledon. Tutankhamun. Sounds like a park, doesn't it? So basically it's where a Tutan is in a common. So they basically bring the, the sarcophagus and then, lo and behold they get to the pyramid and it's all live TV back in this time. So what we're talking like 100 and something AD, something like that. They didn't have TV though. No, they did. You just don't know about it. It was all solar panelled. Yeah, powered by the sun god. And so basically so they moved the sarcophagus right? so, and you can see it's like Big Brother then. They're going to put the sarcophagus in this pyramid system, right? Which was going to be the new housing estate for all of the, you know, losers. But basically, because they ran out of funding, they thought, well, we've got half-finished thing. So what we'll do is we'll use it and we'll make this big grandiose thing because we could probably sell the remaining pyramids that haven't got a sarcophagus in it by doing this. And everyone's like, oh, I, want, I wish I lived in a pyramid. So basically, they take the camera crew and they're all rolling up. They're all carrying all this stuff. And as they put the sarcophagus in the pyramid they discover all of the obs have graffitied everything and they're like what have you done all of this stuff's nuts and then they realized it was actually the the first ever graphic novel because because paper was a premium are you talking about hieroglyphs i'm not talking about anything particular you can speak that language to me if you want i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> But I'm talking about the fact that they turn up into this pyramid and they're expecting all pristine and stuff like this. But of course, paper was a premium. The obs that used to graffiti everything didn't have anything to draw on. And they'd gone in there and done all of this stuff. And so they discovered that it was basically like the original graphic. It was like the Watchmen no, of Egypt. No, it's a language. No, 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 no. And it was like the Avengers. So <laughs> there was a guy with a dog head and there was a dude with a cat head. And then there was a bird guy. And then there was a lot of people like playing with like fans and stuff like this. They were the fans of the superheroes. Oh and then basically what they did is they put the sarcophagus in there anyway. And it, it caught on because people were like, oh, man, that artwork's pretty amazing. It's telling a lot of stories. And so basically they thought, oh, well, maybe this is what a pyramid thing was actually for. Putting dead people in whilst all the yobs lived on the street in total poverty, you know? Yeah. That's where the what's for desert uh, expression comes from. What? Yeah, you know, you've eaten all your meal. What's for desert? Because you took, you know, it's like you're a yob and you took stuff back to the desert to eat later. So what's for desert? That's what they said. So you had your, your, your start at your main course and then what's for desert? No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And pudding came from a very similar thing because someone said, what have you done with your desert? And it's like, I've put in it in the floor. Put it in. 
to keep it cool. Yeah, that's where those came from. Not a lot of people notice, but historians and scientists and archaeologists and uh, uh, architects apparently have all told us that this is what they've discovered recently. Isn't that amazing? It's crazy. I discovered that air is Michael Jordan as well. What? Yeah. Yeah, Michael Jordan. Basketball player. I was talking about him last week. Yeah. I've discovered that air is Michael Jordan. What do you mean air is Michael Jordan? Well, they call Jordan. him air, don't they? Yeah, as a nickname. No, you call him air. So air is Michael Jordan. So you got to breathe Michael Jordan every day. Otherwise you die. That's apparently. like a logical fallacy. Michael Jordan equals air. Therefore, air equals Michael Jordan. You heard it here, folks. Wind just turned into Socrates. <laughs> no. So, uh, don't I don't know where you get that me. idea from. One's a nickname, the other's a human. What's the matter with you? Shut Crazy up. person. So, uh, what we're going to walk on uh, and discover is just little things like this. So, there's a lot of stuff like that going around uh, where you've got a lot of time to think about these things and tell our audience the actual truth. The scientists bring that to us. I mean, bear in mind, these scientists are also walking around a field in the middle of a lockdown, so... You don't always believe what they say, but I'm just thinking it's funny because we're rediscovering a lot of things right now. And when I say rediscover, that 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 is kind of like we've discovered it before, but now we've got to rediscover it to give even more vibrant facts about it. A reinterpretation. Of I don't what know we've about learned. that. I don't know about that. I'm not sure. Sometimes about that. we think we know something, and then they kind of refute it, like Pluto. What was? What's the debate about him? Isn't he a dog in Disney? No. Yeah, he is. It used to it's be Mickey Mouse's dog. As a planet and no, he's like never a been moon. a planet. He's always been a dog. Everyone knows that. He's, he's orange with big floppy ears and stuff. I don't know what kind of dog he is, and I don't know what kind of dog Goofy is. But they're dogs with legs and hands and stuff. That's normal. Um, so there's a lot of rediscovery. What rediscovery usually means is we've discovered it, now we're rediscovering it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Weird. Mm. Weird. And the Han Emperor, this has been found out recently, was buried with a lot of his soldiers. We all know that as the te uh, te Terracotta Warriors. Yeah, in Xi'an. What? In Xi'an. Where's that? Xi'an is the city. Where's that? Oh my god. Does it have in pyramids? China. Does it have pyramids? No. Because they basically found these guys and they're all sort of underground, weren't they? Mm -hmm. Hanging out. Yeah. But it's been proven that they're actually in the terracotta clay. So they were buried literally alive, right? So the whole military was put into like mummification into these clay things. So. I think so. Unless that was a Jet Li movie that I just watched recently called The Mummy Returns. <laughs> but, uh, well, that's the Egyptian link. How do you do that? So the first mummy films were all in Egypt, and then you did this huge sort of... Uh, Jet Li was the villain as the emperor, the Han Emperor, actually. But it wasn't in Egypt anymore. So there's your link of uh, Egypt and the uh, terracotta warriors. I always want to call them the Tiananmen warriors, and I shouldn't <laughs> no. confuse those two things. Very separate <laughs> events of history. Uh, but basically, they found these things under... Uh, I don't want to like it wasn't like they were oh looking around oh and they lifted the carpet up and I was like oh geez there's a lot of people down there looking at me in clay with clay eyes which is uh it's not a biggest compliment you'll get but basically I, I I the scientists again very as you know profound experts in the field of archaeology and uh, digging up clay things and basically they said 
that it was because he was too scared of the dark. So when he when he was going to sleep that night, he said, can you all come with me? And then what happened was down the road, there was uh, Michelangelo was there doing some work because he was around at that time and he was doing some work. He wanted to get some terracotta for he was his... on an exchange. No, no, no. This Pope had sent him there. Pappy Popey had sent him across to China on another secret missionary and base as a, as another secret missionary. Basically, the, the Vatican used to operate a lot like James Bond. Sending their agents They out. had double O Michelangelo, yeah. and then they had double O Da Vinci, and then they had double O Raphael, and uh, a lot of saints. I think the saints were the highest reward you could get for the covert operations of the Vatican. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. we'll, we'll make you a saint because you achieved the Purple Heart of Vatican secret missionaries. And so this guy went on a secret missionary to China. He was just getting the terracotta clay, basically wanted to make this brilliant sculpture. Because uh, he was Italy's Banksy at the time. Banksy's happened in history a lot. You'll always see a case of Banksy. There's always been a Banksy before Banksy was a Banksy. And no one knows what Banksy is. That's a tongue twister. Who? No one knows. Not what? No one knows who Banksy is. Yeah, you said what? Oh, well, no one knows what Banksy is. <laughs> Banksy, if you don't know who Banksy is and you don't know his identity, he could be a what? Really, it could this be an alien. True. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it could be time traveling Michelangelo from the ancient Greece on a seek, uh, ancient Greece. I don't know why I did that. Ancient Italian uh, Vatican secret missionary. Yeah, Assassin's Creed's about all of this. If you ever play Assassin's Creed, the original Assassin's Creed uh, games, they're all set in the Vatican, and you knew that there was Michelangelo had done the Sistine Chapel as Banksy. In fact, you probably knew his identity. Because it's all secret clubs, a lot of secret handshakes. Never really understood a secret handshake. Because I, I, I'm like, who's it meant to be a secret to? Is it a secret to people that are watching you handshake? Or is it a secret <laughs> to you who's having a handshake and didn't realise I had a handshake? And then you realise it that night. And you wake up in bed and go, oh my God, someone shot my hand. And I, that was totally a secret. Like, I, I, like, how did that happen? Who did that? Not allowed secret handshakes these days. No handshakes at all. Yeah, well... That's very true. Secret or non-secret. Not even suggestive <laughs> handshakes, really. Uh, not even a sheep shake. You're not allowed no. to do that. Uh, no. You can't shake a sheep. Nope. You can't that's, tip a cow uh, that's, that's sheep for abuse. the good work that it's done on its you mill. Can't. I usually gave them five quid in the field, and people said, you can't tip cows. And I said, like, why? And I, I, I then learned they don't have pockets. <laughs> so you can't do that. Uh, but basically, what I'm trying to say is, so... Set and scene. So Michelangelo is now in China on a secret missionary mission uh, where he's getting terracotta to make his amazing sculpture. No one knows what he would have done with it, but it would have been amazing. And, uh, you know, he's there with his Jersey accent. Hey, what's up? What's going Hey. And everyone around him uh, is Chinese, so they don't know what he's doing or saying. And he looks very different. And they're like, <laughs> who are you? To them, he was a unicorn. And he was demanding clay. And they were like, what? Well, it wasn't demanding clay, because I don't think the Italians call it clay. I think they've got a, their own word for it. Back there, it was more Latin anyway, so who knows what anyone was saying. That's, that's a great conversation. Who knows what anyone's saying? It's like the United Nations. Eh! No one knows what everyone's saying. So anyway, so China's basically there. He's digging up loads of terracotta clay, and then he basically lifts the carpet to see if there's more clay there, and all of these guys are there, covered in clay, underground, and he's like, oh, 
someone already beat me to it. I was that was exactly what I was going to do in in Rome. I was going to make this sculpture of a bunch of soldiers with like you know horses and carts and stuff, and everyone would be like, "Wow, did the Chinese turn up in Italy years later? Like we didn't know about this. Like were they there?" So he then puts the carpet down. He goes, well, "I won't say anything because it's it's obviously they're they're running a secret missionary here, so I won't say anything about it." And uh, he went back home across the silk road which was the best road for your feet because it was all silk amazing how they made the silk road you mm. heard about that <laughs> oh it's a road that spans the entire of europe all the way into asia that was made out of silk because it's called the silk road and that's, that's not really a road then it's like a carpet well i mean one person's carpet's the other person's road <laughs> and rome built it so it was very straight yeah, with the Native Americans. That's another thing people don't understand. Historians have told us that Native Americans tag team with Rome to build the Silk Road. But China assembled all of it because that's what they do. <laughs> I mean, they're the only ones with silk as well at the time. So Yeah. yeah. All yeah. roads lead to Rome. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where the expression came along in the military where they started calling people worms and maggots to sort of motivate them to work faster because of all the silkworms. <laughs> that were building the road, you see. Because basically, the silkworms build the road with the Chinese slapping them. Because everyone's quite small in China, as you know, and they're tiny hands, and the, so the worms are massive to them. But they aren't really worms, are they? They're more like bugs, silk bugs. They're not no, wormy. They're not, no, they're more wormy. Are they more wormy? Yeah, they're small. I've and only wormy. had them as Haribo sweets, so <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, candies. They, they don't have legs or anything. They're Do like, they not? No. Have you checked? Did you lift them up? Because it's difficult. When you lift stuff up in countries like China, you do expose a secret, like terracotta warriors. But anyway, so the Chinese would like, they'd slap them and they'd encourage you, come on, you worms, you maggots. You've heard that, right? Yeah. That's, that's exactly where that's that where came it comes from. from. Yep, historians have told <laughs> me that. the Silk Road. Yep. And the Native Americans, at this time, weren't actually from America because it wasn't called America. Yeah. No one knows what it was called. So it was called... Uh, the homeland, which is why you've got homeland security now, because <laughs> they're patriots to the native people. Mm. Yeah, who weren't actually native; they came in from Asia. There's a lot of things that history is starting to rediscover. We're like, hey, so the Inuits came in from Asia, then the tribes of Native America came in from Asia. Uh, so did the you could argue the Incans and the Mayans and all of this came in because it was all landlocked at one point. Mm. It's all landlocked. Due to the big ice rink that linked Russia and, you know, everyone skated on it. Ice to rink. To, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. You used to send all your kids there. It was like, uh, it was like Frozen Land. It's like precursor Disneyland. And back in the time when we were all one uh, continent that sounded like cheese, Pania. Pangea. Pania, cheese. When we were the Pania cheese continent, uh, basically people would skate from Russia all the way across to uh, what is now considered America. Right then it was called half land, half ice. Mm. Uh, language was a lot more simple. Underneath the ice was where Atlantis was, on the other side of the planet near Greece. It's a very confusing world, isn't it? And if you believe in the flat earth theory, uh, I don't know how that works. Someone could tell me. I think they believe that we're surrounded by a big ice wall and that in the center is like we're on a donut surrounded know. by ice. And then there's like basically, you know, like how they fish in Alaska 
and they punch a hole into the sea because it's all frozen and then they've got their little ice hole and then they dip their little uh, fishing rod equivalent yeah or dynamite and blow up half the street uh but <laughs> that'd be fun because it would go out as soon as you threw the ice i'm yeah. pretty sure that that's been done by a lot of idiots oh we're gonna throw some dynamite in there and it's like going out go and throw it in the thing and then it's obviously set the fire has been cancelled out because of water and so nothing happens and Eric Smith and a huge bomb. In fact, I've seen films that do that. So I don't understand that if you completely engulf fire in water, it won't work. I wonder if there is something that allows it to uh, combust. You know, something that's waterproof. We can do underwater flares. Mm. But you can wear any old trousers underwater. <laughs> so I'm not sure... It's more like the explosion. You see a lot of movies yeah, yeah. where a car's on fire and then it drives into the sea does a triple backflip and everyone down on the shores giving it a mark out of 10 lands in the ocean and then like five seconds later like deep in the ocean it explodes that can't happen mm. but there's underwater um what do they call incendiaries i believe and you can weld and stuff underwater because it's creating its own heat source but i wouldn't think anything with a fuel tank could blow up in a in the sea you know, on a surface, yes, but you need an oxygen source of combustion. So I'm clever. Mm. I, I do listen to stuff. There is something called dynamite fishing, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's on, on surface, you yeah. see? And then you blow up a, a school of fish on the surface, and it makes them all come up. That's not very nice. No, it's cheating. It's, it's cheating. cheating. <laughs> it is cheating. It's for people who haven't got patience, you know, and also want to cook their fish. Mm. it's like the opposite of sushi fishing you want to get sashimi grade fresh fish these guys want to get fresh barbecue fish so fresh it's been barbecued in the sea you know <laughs> but basically we're i want to set us back to the historical things and, and an alternative news source mm -hmm. just to help people out in this time because they've obviously got loads of stuff in their mind my whole thing is to say look at the rediscoveries because mm. we all have theories that's the thing science is mostly based on theory uh not truth and it's only true until you discover the truth that the theory was actually accurate. For example, space travel and stuff like that theoretically is 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 possible. Mm -hmm. uh, just look at Star Trek. They've done it. <laughs> I don't know. Everyone's making a big deal That's about fiction. landing on the moon, right? But for many years, the Starfleet has been all over the universe. So I don't understand. And we documented from a galaxy far, far away a very, very advanced bunch of people who are actually aliens because they're not from our galaxy mm. and they're all fighting using something called jedi and stuff uh lightsabers and dark sabers and everything in between sabers and uh yeah so we've got all that but i'm back on Pange uh, pangea i like to call it paneer because it's easier you just change it so basically you got the whole expanse of asia asia gets really cold suddenly so like some turn of thermostat off and then there's this huge landlock that was just like frozen. A bit like the Disney film. So everyone's singing and stuff. <laughs> and basically you skated across and you came to what was America. But wasn't America then. Like I said, it was half hot, half cold place. Uh, they called it the homeland. Well, I don't know why they called it homeland. Probably the entertainment factor. Because there was a lot of TVs and stuff that they could buy there. So it was good homeland entertainment system. Um, but basically they were skating across and as they skated across a few of them obviously settled because they're like I ain't going to skate all the way back 
That took about a month. A month of skating. I mean, we were going really fast. And we had to avoid a lot of bears and saber-toothed tigers and other stuff. But we got there in the end. And that's when someone halfway, uh, Michelangelo again, we was fishing. And, uh, you know, on a secret missionary. And as he was fishing in his little fishy hole, he discovered Atlantis. Yeah. He's discovered a lot of stuff, Michelangelo. He's been around. It's like he is the <laughs> best, world's best secret agent. Yeah. But of nobody art. knows of any of this. Most people know if you believe in the turtles. Is that because it's all secret? If the turtles are your religion, you'll believe what I'm saying to you. Because it's on par with that. What about Leonardo then? He became a very successful Hollywood actor and uh, <laughs> went on to film in a lot of Scorsese movies. He was on the Titanic, uh, literally. He died in that and then he came back a couple of years later for Shutter Island around the same sort of era. Uh, went mad in that, completely crazy. Started seeing a lot of spirits, but that was because he was an alcoholic. And then moving on from that, he was Romeo and, Romeo and Juliet. So he's done a lot of stuff. In fact, all of that was the wrong way around. He was Romeo before he went on the Titanic. <laughs> yeah, get that right. Get what that about right. Raphael? Um, well, he's a turtle too. So he's, he's the uh, meaner one. But he also is... A lot of people named him. So you've got a lot of Raphaels to choose from. Uh, there's, Not we, many we Donatellos, We met one called though. Moreau, actually, at one point. Raphael yeah. Moreau. Yeah. yeah. What, what is Raphael's claim to fame? The actual Raphael of the secret missionary... Ninja Corps of the Vatican. What was his actual thing? Did he like... Because Leonardo was like ridiculously inventive. Mm -hmm. So he obviously came up with uh, the idea of helicopters and stuff that didn't work, mm -hmm. which was very good. And he painted the Mona Lisa, right? Yep. He also had a code that we all know about, uh, the Da Vinci Code, which was just his... Uh, that's how you got into his uh, secret files on his laptop. Uh, they made a whole thing about that with Tom Hanks, uh, who I like to abbreviate to thanks. Uh, Tom Hanks, or thanks as I call him, uh, was because that's how his name looks in the register, thanks. No one's ever thought that, but Tom I'm Hanks. just telling you that thanks is what we call him. Uh, and basically thanks, when he was doing uh, The Da Vinci Code, which is a book series written by a guy whose name was it Dan. Dar Darren Dan Brown Dan was it so he's a namesake of me and he is the brown variety I gotcha so he's another Daniel but he's a brown Daniel good lad uh he wrote a whole series angels and demons uh swampy and slappy uh filament and flappy flops and uh they were the da Vinci Code novels right where it was basically the most boring novel I've ever read it starts off pretty good because it sets a scene. You know, the sun's coming down. It's a Tuesday, like any... It's basically a film noir. And uh, Thanks comes in. It, obviously, in the book, he's not Thanks. He's got I didn't name. like the book. Well, that's incidental because I'm telling you, people who haven't read the book and don't have time to listen to an audio, so I'm just going to say, you shouldn't... Literally, you shouldn't waste your time with this book or series of films because it's fair. I'll, I'll just tell you what it's all about. So he turns up and Spoilers. he's in Italy and he's American <laughs> and he's like... Oh, man, Italy's got culture. What's that? And if you're listening to America, you've got culture. All right. So beat thanks up very quickly for saying that you don't because you do. All right. I'm just saying that it's just not 
as rich and developed as the culture of Europe. You can not really call it a culture, really, can you? I mean, you could in their yogurt. That's got culture in it. <laughs> but basically, <laughs> I love Americans. They're great. So, you, it's, you know, a typical thing. So a guy comes in, he's on a secret uh, missionary from the American Vatican. They've got one too. And he comes to Italy to see, oh, man, like, what is Da Vinci's code? Because we know he did a lot of, like, inventing. And it's all going to be on his laptop. So he went all the way to go to the Vatican and to find Da Vinci's laptop. And then the whole book's about the codes that he was trying to put in. And, you know, because you've got a massive Latin keyboard, which is way worse than our keyboard today. So you've got to create words out of loads of different variables in the Latin keyboard of uh, ancient Da Vinci Rome. And so, because uh, they had laptops too back then, of course, powered by the sun, because they had sun gods. And what I'm saying is, Thanks was there and he was typing out his, uh, his like password and the whole book's about this. And the only time you get a break from him going, so this is actually how it is. I came to Italy, it was amazing, the trees are great, they had palm trees, they've got culture, what's that? We have it in yogurt. Then he was saying stuff like, oh, I went to Burger King, it was different in Italy. Because it was called something else, like Burger uh, Kaiser or, or, or you know. And then that lent to the invention of Little Caesars way later. If you're in America, you know all about Little Caesars. That was because of Thanks' trip to unlock the Da Vinci Code. So he's there and he's unlocking Da Vinci Code. And he's got like, you know, today we went out, we grabbed some uh, pizza. Uh, that was cool because uh, it wasn't warmed up. I, I, it, when I got to it, it was cool. And then I would crack on the code. And so most of it, like chapter one, swampy, swappy, slappy, swappy, one be done, be jim, be jim, be carrot, was a bit in Latin. So not as straightforward. Luckily, they translated it because if it was in Latin, no one would understand it. So basically, that's the book. And then the sequel is so it turns out I got the wrong code and we actually just got into a different file that we didn't want to get into. This was all the stuff like, oh, you know, Lisa's met me again. She moans a lot. And ah, oh, so, so, ah, oh, she, she just won't shut up. I'm trying to do a picture and she just won't stop moaning at Lisa. And, and that was the conversation about the origins of Mona Lisa. It was basically his journal. And that's not what he wanted. He wanted the juicy stuff, you know, like carrot juice because he missed it because he was in Italy and they don't have it. But he wanted the sort of, you know, the, the secret apache helicopter that da vinci made in you know ancient vatican rome he wanted all of the you know awesome ninja weapons that he had and he wanted all the juicy stuff because everyone knows leonardo da vinci before he became dicaprio was a famous ninja turtle <laughs> in the vatican of rome on a secret missionary he didn't start life off as a turtle he got mutated <laughs> so basically what happened to us as he's hacking into using all this stuff second book angels and demons he was just going through all the angels and demons that you could come out so he's reading stuff like dante's inferno it's the hottest book in the world that is i picked it up and it burnt my hand is that hot i mean inferno by name inferno by nature all right and so basically he's reading all this stuff ironically they didn't have all the demon names in the bible uh he had to find them in dante's inferno a book of fiction that came after the bible haha <laughs> interesting so he's doing all this stuff and uh he by the third book he still hasn't found it and that's how stupid all of this stuff is because it's only years later in world war ii that 
that they finally cracked the code <laughs> of this everything. This timeline is all wrong. No, no, no. It's, it's, it was a lot of time later, and it wasn't even a secret missionary at this point. It was the UK military uh, cracking codes, and they found out the, the code, and it was basically cheese and biscuits. And it's like this guy had wasted his entire... He thought too deeply so if you're ever trying to hack a laptop to get juicy information like the apache and ninja weapons that they designed in ancient vatican you don't have to go to the big stuff most people have simple passwords like um password swami or uh the cat name or the age that they are or uh what who who was your best friend in school do you know those questions that you always get when you're yeah, the like, security yeah, questions yeah yeah, they're stupid. You know, I got banned from a page for trying to... Because basically they... Um, I think most people have a very uncomplicated life. And when it said to me, like, who's your best friend in high school? I'll type in my mate's name, but it was too long for it to fit. So they wouldn't allow it. And then I did sort of say, what's my cat's name? And I said my cat's name at the time. And it said it didn't fit. And I realized that's because I still had... Yeah, you know, one of the Ninja Turtles on a secret missionary from ancient Vatican Rome. There you go. What? I was speaking in Latin and they didn't understand what I was saying. Oh, you were using the wrong keyboard. No, I was, I was using Latin names and they're too long for uh, current day and age. Plus, I think at a time, it gets very time, like ageist, these things, because they're, they're used to like people with stupid names, as we saw earlier, like Blue Ivory. So when you've got a sensible name like Terry, they're just like, no, that's not a name. You're only named if you're called Kia or Princess Starfish or something like this. So uh, the world's changing, folks. So that's all what I've uncovered in my time. I've been fascinated by digging up uh, history, which is how you do it. <laughs> you literally have to dig it up. A lot of it's fossilized or fossilized if you're from New Zealand. Sorry, if you're from New Zealand, I know. I'm, I'm constantly digging at you at the moment. That's because I'm trying to reach you through the pages of history. There you go. And finally, you find Atlantis, yeah, which is in Greece, they believe, or near Greece, the Greek area. Wonder Woman's there, so we should have just asked her because she's from there, isn't she? She's an Amazon from Atlantis. What? I don't what? really understand that. No, she's not from Atlantis. Aquaman's from Atlantis. Yes. She's from the Amazonian uh, Greek wilderness island that's a bit like. Rwanda in Black Panther, but full of ladies instead of you guys. You mean Wakanda. As, as well. Wakanda? Not Rwanda. That's a real Wakanda. Place. You said Rwanda. Did I say Rwanda? <laughs> That's where the Black Panther should be in Rwanda. They need him more. Uh, wow, that was a slip up. Hotel Wakanda. That's a different movie. <laughs> the uh, new king of R Rwanda. Uh, why does everything sound Australian these last few weeks? I think what we're all noticing is like when your brain disintegrates into mush over nine weeks of lockdown, you become Australian nationally. I think that's true. Yeah, it's probably heat stroke too because we're in a field. It's been super hot, super hot. So yeah. But uh, I think just putting it out there, it's been a nice like rediscovering the discoveries we're making, knowing what scientists are saying is truth and optimum truth is very good. You've got a different understanding of history now. You feel enriched from this episode. I can tell that you feel enriched from this episode because you're all basically like supreme beings. Now. That's what we'd call each learn other. Learn everything off the internet. You learn nothing off the internet. You have to dig deep. Like I said, history's <laughs> underground. If you want to learn anything, just dig your garden up. 
I'm sure your parents will love you for that. And if you live in an apartment and you don't have a garden, I like how get an you're allotment. still gesturing digging as you Yeah, no, I'm, I'm basically, that's He's it. still digging. That's it. That's why people in school in California say, like, I really dig history, man. Because <laughs> you did. That's what you do. Everyone does that. Right? And uh, there you go. So if you want something to do, dig up a bit of history. Try and sell on eBay. If it's a stone or a pebble, it could be a prehistoric stone or pebble. Everything's of value. You might even find a silkworm if you're lucky. You know, still trying to make the Silk Road happen. Um, maybe that's where the precursor red carpet was. You know, because um. like, I mean, this doesn't make sense either, does it? Like you're in Hollywood at Premiere and they roll out a red carpet so you can stand on it. Why? The rest of us have to stand on hobo wee wee, you know, and homeless PP on the Hollywood stars. That's all going to be different. Because mm. now you can only sort of go crazy, like super fan crazy in a two meter distance. <laughs> and one thing that's interesting to me is that America is set on a six foot distant regulation. We're on a two meter distance regulation. Brazil isn't on any regulation whatsoever. Because um, they're all nuts in Brazil. A lot of Brazil nuts mm. in Brazil. I think I've said that before. Keeping it real. If you are in Brazil right now, I think you're actually doing what a lot of us wish we could do and wish we had the courage to do. And that is completely defy all laws of politics, government warnings and everything and living freely. And honestly, that's a good way to do uh, life. But just understand it also has the ramifications of something like Pompeii, which, by the way, in a true thing, Pompeii, there was discoveries where they were um, actually followers of Di Dionysus. 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 Or diagrams. What's his name? Dionysus. Uh, Dick Cheney. There were big cult followers of Dyson vacuuming cleaners, which is what you said, right? Mm. What's that word again? Dionysus. He was a god of in Greece, and he was a god of uh, affection, love, and partying and orgies and stuff like this. Well, I've actually discovered that Pompey had a, uh, and it was all women. That were his followers. He never had male followers. God of the grape harvest and wine, fertility. Correct. Ritual madness. Basically, he was Pete. Festivity and theater. Sure. He was basically Pete, mm. as in the unicorn slayer, who is probably in the Hindu construct of how these gods go. He is the actual apparition of uh, Dyson vacuum cleaners. What's his name? Dionysus. Uh, Dialysis. So he... <laughs> Pete is basically an avatar of dictionary. What's his name? Dionysus. Dionysus. Oh my god. Yeah, him. And basically it was discovered Pompey and all women's secret sect, again, secret missionaries, were his followers. Mm -hmm. And so all I'm saying to Brazil right now, be careful because a volcano could go and then you will be sculptured by Michelangelo forever for tourists to come and check out. Because that's another thing, scarily. The Romans, after Pompeii happened, mm. turned it into a tourist attraction by mixing plaster all over everyone. Because they were actually like really? in solid lava. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they actually preserved it yeah. by putting plaster on them, which I think is a bit weird. Mm. There's a lot of history of people being buried in stuff, isn't there? Yeah. Like statue stuff. That's probably a good way to do it. Like when you pass away in this life, you get yourself put into a statue so no one can forget you. I always thought it would be better to have you taxidermied and then made into an animatronic. 
So you kind of like by the time that Elon Musk gets into his Neuralink mm. software, he can actually recharge your consciousness according to a lie that science has. What people don't understand about AI, and I'm just going to put it out there, at some point you have to be completely dead to be restored. Which means that if they copy your consciousness, they're copying a general version of your consciousness, your operating system, basically. Mm. And then they're saying, basically, if we download your consciousness into a computer, we can then rejack you up. But you won't be, it's like if you imagine a single point, you go to sleep and then the next day you're a laptop, that's not going to be the situation. You're going to go to sleep, you're never going to wake again. And a laptop's going to come up that day and be you, but it's not going to be the same thing. So the consciousness isn't carrying over because it's not programmed to do that. My point is that's ludicrous mm. when you think about, you know, what I've talked about today. Like it's so far-fetched to think you can download someone onto a laptop when we can only discover by lifting up carpets terracotta warriors. Mm. Yeah. I saw a terracotta plant pot and I was convinced it was a Han Dynasty uh putting a plant on me terracotta plant pot yeah with a plant in it it's a government plant it's a dynasty ancient imperial dynasty government plant there you go funny because no one really uses terracotta now the mediterranean uses a lot because michelangelo discovered it and brought it all back and then did tiles and everything which were the original solar tiles so he was also like <laughs> elon musk back time. in his day he was not only banksy he was like elon musk but anyway, I'm just saying a Neuralink. So basically, you're an animatronic, you die, animatronic, you taxidermy, you're animatronic. And then they set up a Neuralink, put on a laptop, and you become you again, but obviously not you. Well, the question is, are you simply your consciousness? Because if something's missing, I'm definitely which is what simple, you're saying, and I've got a consciousness, then you're saying something is missing. My argument for all of this, because a lot of people are spending their time worried about the lunacy of creating, uh, a, you know, an artificial intelligent, perfect rendition of ourself. Like mm -hmm. basically you die, the USB is whacked into your head. Yeah. It downloads your entire life memories and all of this stuff and then sticks it into a, a hard drive. That hard drive then goes onto a laptop and it goes, hello, I'm Daniel, you know, or hi, I'm Simon, or hi, I'm Michelangelo. And basically you've reinterpreted, it's not you, it's the computer running a software, but the software happens to be very similar to you. Mm. It's always going to be detached because theoretically consciousness should be an infinite thing. And so you would have complete recollection. And in this sense, there seems to be a brick wall somewhere and then an ongoing experience elsewhere. Mm. I don't think science is anywhere closer or further than understanding what consciousness is. Yeah, um, I agree. And I think it's an impossible thing. I think it's like a natural law. So what I'm trying to say is if you're worried about people suddenly becoming robots in the future, um, you know, like in a way to cheat death. Death mm. still happens in the transition. There's a block wall, but then there is something that resembles to the people living who that person used to be. But it's not really them. But it's not them. It's still an automated well, There are some things that we don't have to know. I think it's fascinating because people are always looking at these things as scary when they're super far-fetched. You got algorithm AI and stuff like this. Nothing I've said like along lines of how people used to ice skate from Asia to America, uh, which used to be called Hot and Cold Place, and then dubbed the Homeland. 
uh, to the fact that people used to dig up history every day and they go on. Like some guy went out there and he digged up history and a Viking yeah, popped out. He, a Viking just popped out the ground and said, hi, I'm a Viking, I'm your history. And that's how that was discovered. A lot of castles, you know, you dig up castles and stuff. They just <laughs> pop out the ground. <laughs> like, you know, like a pop-up, but boing, like that. That's what happens. Just dig a up your own history. Castle. See, that's more believable than anything Elon Musk doing, isn't it? <laughs> augmentation is interesting because augmentation essentially could learn a lot more and um, become such a symbiotic process that mm. we might there might be some truth to a future sort of thing where you could just take your head off because mm. most of it's metal <laughs> and stick it on a new body and continue that way you know it's really about how brains can continue to work forever and then maybe you've got a chance mm -hmm. it's interesting stuff so what are this is like basically week nine we're thinking metaphysical we're thinking technology and we're, we're talking about scientists and how they're always right um and <laughs> if you don't believe me just ask your politicians uh they believe that they until the science until the science proves to them that they've got shoes on they won't believe they've got shoes on so we're living in those eras mm. uh and some noses and there's <laughs> so and pompeii which was famous for its uh, Dixon's electronic store and Dyson vacuuming belief cult. What is it called? Dionysus. Uh, Diplodopolis. Him. And so basically, I think we've done a good job this week. We're getting crazy every week. We had a serious week last week. I think we've had an enriched, entertaining, educational look at how history pops out of the ground. All you got to do is dig it up. No one's digging anymore. That's the problem. Because, you know... They're just not. Yeah, so there's... It. Most people think, for example, this is closing thought, most people think Stonehenge was carried. They just dug it up. <laughs> and if you know, like, in the different eras, when you dig up history, it's a lot older than our current history. So someone dug up a cave once, and it had pictures on it. And that was... Uh, well, that was the first television, wasn't it? The caveman paintings. Because basically, you, you, what you did in those times, if you, I don't know a lot of people, and I'll, I'll close this thought out because this is another thing I've discovered this week of discovery and rediscovery. The caves of our prehistoric ancestors, unless you're aliens, and then you've got a whole different story, right? Or you're part animal. I won't ask any questions, but you might be. So there's a cave structure, and it's like massive tunnels, and everyone's painted stuff, right? What you had to do, is you you basically chewed on um, cocoa beans because that's got the same that's like Red Bull but a lot worse mm -hmm. basically precursor cocaine right so you chew on a, t uh, a co <laughs> went tobacco you chew on a cocoa leaf right num, 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 num. so obviously in South America these guys these mm -hmm. cave in particular one and then you would run through that cave as fast as you could and it'd be like watching a movie and you got in your fitness it's like doing a treadmill right with a flip book. Mm. that's how it was yeah so ancestors had it right man most people thought it was a way of communicating nah they they were communicating people didn't understand if you go deeper into the cave it was like las vegas they had like everything there it was amazing you've, you've never seen the flintstones it's a documentary <laughs> it's very accurate so uh so yeah on that note um which could be written in latin i won't quote it but yeah, I think the moral of this episode is don't watch or read Dan Brown's books and see it because it's really boring. He's just trying to hack a computer code. Go straight to the Cumberbatch film 
what was that called? The Imitation Game. And it's called The Imitation Game. Thank you very much. I can't tell you a lot about the scientists. I did notice stuff coming into today, but I've been so overwhelmed by all of this rediscovery and stuff that scientists are saying, which is definitely why it's true. Everything I've said to you today. They've discovered all of this, so it's got to be true. They've rediscovered it even, so it's double as true as it was before when they didn't have this discovery. Now they've rediscovered it, so it's even more true. Um, so yeah, that's the moral story. Don't read Dan Brown's books. We'll be back this time next week, hopefully with a bit more liberty than we find ourselves in today. Around the world, if you're listening, take care, stay safe, continue to look after yourselves. Don't get paranoid. Go surfing if you gotta. Just avoid sharks.